to understand where a technician's been and been on a job site and he has his dispatcher calling, he has other customers calling, you can't convey to the office how frustrating and how hindering that is unless you've been there in the field and can see it. You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades. Today's guest is Vanessa Gonzalez, owner of Albuquerque Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Vanessa co-founded the company with her husband and her business partner back in 2008. Today, they do over $14 million in revenue per year and have over 100 colleagues, not employees, a distinction Vanessa makes very clear during her interview. We talked about the early ramen days of Albuquerque Plumbing and how the founding trio leaned into their respective strengths to create the incredible enterprise they have today. Vanessa also spoke in depth about philanthropy, pivoting business plans due to a global pandemic, and what she's doing to get young women interested in the trades. I loved chatting with Vanessa and think you'll love listening to her wisdom and her words of advice. Enjoy. Vanessa, welcome to the Toolbox for the Trades podcast. Hi, thank you for having me, Jackie. Can you tell the folks listening a little bit about yourself? Of course, yes. I am a mother of two beautiful daughters, and I also own a plumbing, electrical, and drain service company with my husband and one of our very close family friends. Nice. So it's me in a nutshell. (laughs) Got it. How did you get into the trades? Well, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I wasn't thinking, God, I'd love to own a service company when I get to be an adult. No, that was the furthest thing from my mind. I wanted to be president. I wanted to do acting and modeling in LA and be, you know, a mover and shaker and all these kinds of things. And it didn't work out that way. So I moved back to Albuquerque to take care of my mother who was battling breast cancer at that time and literally fell head over heels for my husband. We met while country western dancing and I thought I could dance and he did a move and I literally tripped over his foot, landed on my butt. And I thought it was hilarious and was awfully embarrassed because I thought he's never going to speak to me again. I'm some goofball. And you know, long story short, we, we met and we fell in love and I got pregnant. We did things very backwards. Um, We got pregnant first before we got married, which I think now more the norm than it was about 50 years ago. But funny twist of fate, about six months, five, six months pregnant, he was released from another, who's now our competition, another company. And he was like, great, I have to provide because my, you know, my life partner at that time, we kind of decided we were going to get married again because we both have been married before. He had to find a way to provide because my $9.50 an hour, which I thought was good money, (laughs) um, wasn't going to cover our rent. He made what I paid in taxes in a year. So he he paid in taxes what I made. So that was a huge discrepancy and there was no way I was going to be able to cover the cost. So he went and he interviewed at almost every place in Albuquerque. And if he was offered a position, there was some kind of funny vibe. It just didn't feel like the right fit. Um, And it's funny because one of our commercial managers now 
interviewed him and didn't hire him. And so we all tell him constantly, thank you for not hiring Matt. Thank you for not offering him a position. Because if he had, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so after interviewing, he called me. I'll never forget. I was driving home from the car dealership. And he said, I bought a van. I'm like, why are you buying a van? You don't have a job. Like, please don't dive into the savings. He's like, I'm going to start a company. I was like, are you sure? Like, really? Have you talked to my dad? Cause, and I'm freaking out. Cause I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? We have a baby on the way, like going through all the bills in my head. And I know how hard it is to start a company, to start a business because my dad's an entrepreneur. So I've grown up around that. That's not something I don't think anybody that's watching this thought, Hey, this is going to be easy. I'm going to do that. Or if we've had that thought about a month and we're like, Oh my Lord, what did I get myself into? So we decided that that was what we were going to do. And I was scared out of my mind. I remember thinking, Oh Lord, this is, I have no idea how this is going to work, but if we do, it's all you. So we drove up to Santa Fe, which is where you have to register your business name. And the name that we were going to use, uh, he got a wild hair and was like, I wonder if Albuquerque plumbing, heating and cooling is available. So he asked, and it was the same people that had released them, released him from his position, hadn't renewed the license for the name. Oh, wow. Yes. So he registered it and he took ownership of the name because the name Albuquerque plumbing, heating and cooling was the first contractor in Albuquerque. Their original contractor number and license number was the first one issued. So it's so number one. It is. Unfortunately, we don't get that because um, it's attached to us now, but we've actually talked to the original owners and the people that their grandparents started it. And they said, you guys have the heart of why they started it. It's a, it's like my mom and dad all over again. We love this. We're very excited. And so that's how Albuquerque Plumbing, Heating and Cooling came to be. Uh, a few weeks later, our what's now our business partner was released on his on Matt's birthday. We had about eight friends that were all fired the same day. I think the competition was kind of cleaning things up and doing, cause everybody, every company has attrition. You know, you've got to go in, you got to do some housekeeping and, and it was that time of year. So it just worked out for us that that happened. So, I mean, we got pictures of me with a mask on helping sand the truck to get it ready to be lettered and painted for us to go and run service calls. I remember sitting in our apartment and making the pull tab flyers that we were gonna hang up at Lowe's and Home Depot and community centers and the door hangers that we did that we printed off of our little color jet printer and put the reinforcements on there and then did the rubber bands. And that's how we started. And at one point, everybody that worked at the company all lived under the same roof. So it got, it was pretty, it was pretty intense when you work together, you live together, but Anthony, our business partner, I mean, we all moved in together. He's family to us. I mean, my girls call him uncle. I call him my brother. Matt calls him one of his brothers just because it's when you go through something like this and you build something like this, you, it's like birthing a child. This is all of our firstborn. And so we're all as invested. I mean, in between service calls, they were setting up our oldest daughter's nursery. They were painting it for us. They were getting all that together. And I remember having, when we were able to be big enough to where I could quit my job and come and work. Granted, it was 
not for the $9 and 50 cents an hour. It was for a drastic pay reduction, but then I wasn't having to drive to work. Uh, we were able to save on some daycare costs because I was able to keep our daughter at home with us. But just seeing how we've grown, I mean, we started with our office in our kitchen in the house that we were renting and it was Matt, Anthony and myself. And we had one other team member at that time, but it was, we call those the ramen years because we ate a lot of ramen. <laughs> we ate a lot of um, eggs and beans <laughs> and rice because every dollar that we spent, we re or every dollar that we made, we reinvested in the company. And for the longest time, I mean, even now we don't pay ourselves what other business owners pay them. And that's, that's okay. We just choose to invest the money in other places like our team. That's incredible. Uh, and thank you for giving that story. I have a couple things I want to clarify. So you mentioned that Matt was making as much a year as you were paying in taxes and you were working at a car dealership. So, okay. So let me, I, I, I'm sorry, the blonde hair, you can tell it's natural. <laughs> uh, it's natural so. for me too. And you're, you're very smart. You started a multi-million dollar business. We'll get to that in a second. Please do not, do not degrade the blonde name. <laughs> so what I meant to say is that he paid in taxes what I made in a year. Oh, dang. So, there, so he paid, the amount he paid in taxes was the equivalent to my annual pay. Jeez. And you were so, working at a car dealership, right? I was working at a car dealership and I was managing their delivery center. Dang. So I was a manager, manager at the, at that car dealership. And he was a service technician and he was paying in taxes what I made in a year. Dang. I'll never forget that realization when I saw, cause he was doing his taxes and we we're at the apartment and you know, we're having a baby together. There's not really many other secrets we're going to keep from each other. <laughs> Hi, signed up for life now. <laughs> but I remember thinking, holy crud. I had no idea a service technician could make that much money. Had no clue. I mean, my dad uh, did commercial real estate. He sold insurance. He was always a mover and shaker, but I didn't, I always thought probably like a lot of the public that the trades, you don't make money in the trades. You, that's not a good way to support your family. Like being blue collar as everybody else calls us, we're kind of the redhead stepchild of the industry. You know, people, they look down at you when you introduce yourself and you know, I'm a plumber or I work in the trades. They're like, Oh, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason why I started this podcast, by the way, um, and going back to it, you know, you mentioned that we called those the ramen days and we all lived under one roof and we were, you know, pulling this company up by its bootstraps, straps. we were birthing it together, like, you know, one weird trio. Um, but that, that ramen analogy, that eating a lot of eggs and beans, that is so glorified in mass media when, it looks, when you look at technology companies. But you did the exact same thing. And what's crazy to me is that although not every service business succeeds, what I see on the service titan end a lot more of them succeed than do apps in Silicon Valley. So I have no idea why more people aren't interested in this line of work to begin with, especially now that more private, private equity money is getting interested in service work. Oh, um, yeah. 
Yeah. I actually recently talked about that with another podcast guest for this season, which I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my episode schedule is going to be like, so I don't want to uh, allude to who it is, but spoiler um, alert. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I really commend you for doing that kind of work. And I really want to get to what it's like having three founders of a business, because a lot of the times I talk with folks who uh, either started it themselves, did a husband and wife duo, but I've never heard of uh, the three's company situation. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? What were the pros and cons there? So one of the things is that Matt and Anthony were roommates. They knew each other before they, either one of them even knew I existed. So they had a bond that was deep and strong long before I entered the picture. And when Matt and I started dating, I asked him, you know, those crazy questions you ask people, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> he said, well, owning my own business. And I was like, oh, okay, cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Careful what you put out there, folks. Because uh, it'll happen. If you manifest it, it's going to happen. But it's been a struggle, but it's been a joy. But Anthony brings things to the table that I didn't have and that Matt didn't have. And Matt brings things to the table that I don't have and neither does Anthony. And I bring a whole different side and then the whole, add the fact that I'm a female. So you've got all that because we all know that sometimes females, we can be, we can be like a bomb, you know, fragile because (laughs) we might explode. It's there's times that I've had to eat crow because I exploded when I shouldn't have. And there's been times that Matt's done it and Anthony's done it, but the three of us lean on each other. It's like a triangle and the triangle is one of the strongest shapes that you can build and have. And if you were to remove one of the three of us, we would fail at point blank. We would fail. We wouldn't be where we are today. If there wasn't the three of us, we've had a fourth twice and it didn't work. Interesting. And it's not just us feeling it didn't work. The numbers showed that it didn't work. Our biggest growth years have been when it has been just the three of us because we're risk takers. We're like, let's try it. Let's try it. Well, you know, we jumped off the ledge. We started this business together. Let's just, it's just one more step. Let's keep pushing. You know, uh, the whole reason why we even have a drains division is because of Anthony. Anthony was like, no, that's how Anthony got started in the trades. He started doing drains and plumbing work to buy his first motorcycle. Love it. So that's the whole reason why he got into it. And it just kind of became a career because he's phenomenal at what he does. And the way that he talks to the technicians, the way he's able to train them is like nobody else. And the same thing with Matt. Matt is, there's things with HVAC that guys can't figure out. They call Matt within 10 minutes he's able to get it handled and he's able to train them and show them how he was able to figure that out. And I bring the customer service side, the empathy side. Um, that was one of the things I was trained on by Ford motor company is customer service, customer relations, how to resolve those concerns that happen. That's one thing that we do here at the company is we don't call them complaints. We call them customer concerns. Because they're, that's truly their concerns. They're not complaining. They just have a concern that needs to get addressed. So I brought that, I brought the HR side. So I handled HR. Um, I've done, that's one of the things that people don't know about me is I've done a lot of things in the company. I've been an apprentice on a job site. I have changed oils. I have, because we didn't have the money, so we couldn't get the rotors machined. I have sat out on in our backyard with sandpaper and sanded down the rotors so that way we could continue to use our box trucks. 
We bought box trucks from Midwest USA and the guys have driven them back. Matt was worried actually that he wasn't make it back in time for the birth of our daughter. First one or second? Huh? First one or second one? First, the first daughter because uh, he was driving back one of the box trucks. So Anthony stayed in case there was an issue and he would be there. So it's one of those things like, I, Anthony, uh, when, cause I went into early labor with Aaron, he handled the company until everything calmed down and I was able to be released, but he's, he's always there. And I mean, we do barbecues together. We travel together. We've actually rewritten some of our corporate law bylaws to make sure that we can continue to travel as a family unit and spend time together and, you know, just have a good time. But it's, it's a struggle. It's a, it's a throuple for lack of a better term, because we're in it together. I mean, for one of the three of us to leave, it, it would not be, that would not be good. Thank you for elaborating on that. And the next question I was actually going to ask you, you already kind of answered, which is that it sounds like Anthony really owns the drain side. Uh, your husband, Matt owns the HVAC side and you really own the back end business customer service marketing side. Is that correct? That is correct. So um, that's how we started. Right now, Matt holds the title of CEO. So he's our captain of the ship and Anthony and I are his two right-hand people. So Anthony handles a lot with our assets department. He oversees all of residential and then Matt kind of oversees commercial. And we have a CFO that handles a lot of our accounting and tell you what, you can find amazing people on Craigslist because that's where we found our CFO. I uh, can attest to that. I have gotten several very good jobs in my past from Craigslist. So do not, do not uh, rule out Craigslist guys. Exactly. Don't knock at people. You can find good things on there. I mean, we advertise. That's one of the first places we advertised was Craigslist. Really? Well, I mean, in 2008, <laughs> Facebook wasn't like advertising on Facebook. That wasn't a thing. I remember setting up our company Facebook page in 2009 because I needed more people to play the Facebook game with me so I could get more points. So I created our company page. Oh, those so, early Facebook games like Farmville and stuff like that. I remember yes, those. Um, yeah, that's, it's, I mean, we're gonna, um, I'm one of the people that's full transparency. So yes, that's the whole reason why the, our Facebook page is so old. That's the only reason why. <laughs> it's because Vanessa wanted to play some Facebook games. You know what? Credit to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, so I, I don't want to harp too much on this because it really does sound like you guys have made such a great duo, but, um, you know, I've heard stories before of people who start businesses together and then they fall out. There's a falling out. Someone branches out, does their own thing. And, and really like when you talk about having a business within the family, there's so much, there's so many issues that could come up. So you not only work with a very good friend, you also work with your husband. So what are some tangible tips that you would give to anyone who's kind of in that sensitive relationship and and what should they really be looking out for, especially as someone who's empathy trained like you are? So one thing I would say is make sure you genuinely like them because you can love your husband, you can love your brother, you can love your family, but do you really like them? Mm. Because my husband and I, not only do we share a bed, we share an office. And a lot of times we'll carpool and people are like, how do you guys spend that much time together? Well, we've tried it with me because I took a slight sabbatical after our second daughter was born. And that was one of the hardest times in our marriage. Really? Because I wasn't at the office. I didn't know what was going on with our firstborn. I wasn't there for the day to day. And when I say firstborn, I'm of course talking about the company, but 
I mean, even my relationship with Anthony, that was harder too, because I wasn't, I didn't see him every day like I had before. And make sure you like them. Make sure you leave anything that's happening at home, at home. So you've, you've just gotten into a fight with, say it's your uncle or whoever, and you guys aren't doing Christmas together. You better walk through that office door and nobody better know that that happened. It better not bleed into it because if it does, it will cause issues in the company. We had a hard time with Anthony and we had, you know, we had that friction that has happened. It's not like it's been all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. There's been struggles and it's been hard, but because we like each other, not just love each other. We like all of us. We fought and it was a hard road, but we came back to it. And we took time and a lot of self-reflection, a lot of things that people don't enjoy doing is what was my part? Okay. Yes. They yelled and screamed and called me ugly names, but what was my part in that? How did I play into that? What did I do? Was I being defensive? Did I go on the attack? Did they feel that they needed to do that? And the self-reflection is probably the hardest piece of all of that to make sure that you're owning your piece in it and you're changing what you can change because you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. You have influence on them, but you can't change them. Yeah. I think that's really great advice. Focus on your locus of control. The only thing that you can actually control is what you do and you can actually control your emotions to an extent as well. But yeah, I can only... That's so hard. That sorry. Thank you for allowing me to interrupt you. As being a female, I I have gone to the opposite side because females traditionally have been, you know, stereotyped as overly emotional, always thinking with their emotions, not thinking logically, not thinking with their heads. And that's not the case. I can tell you there's times that I have wanted to break down crying in a meeting because I'm not being heard because I am the female in the room. And then I just had to flip and say, wait, no, I'm a business owner. It doesn't matter what clothing I wear. It doesn't matter what my chromosomes say. I'm still a business owner. I need to act like it and then I'll be treated like it. Yeah. So that's, that was the other flip of it is I was still expecting them to treat me like their wife and their little sister and give me leeway. Oh, because you know, I'm the girl. No, you're a business owner. Put your big girl panties on and deal with it. Like go be an owner. Yeah. No, I think that's really good perspective to own. Um, And certainly, you know, I've struggled with that as well um, in my different areas. So I can totally relate to that. And I appreciate your transparency. I think it's pretty badass that you take on that ownership role and really hone in on it when you feel the need to be, when you feel the need to cry. And also, you know, you, you were saying, you know, you know, females get stereotyped like this too. I've seen plenty of men in the business world also lose control. So it's not just, it's not just gender specific guys. Uh, it is, it is definitely when emotions come to you, you really need to take that effort and just, you know, focus in on what can I control right now? One of the great things about being a female in the position I am, everybody comes to me and they want to talk and it's not always just about business. So I get to see a side of the technicians and the rest of the team that Anthony and Matt don't get to see because they feel comfortable, they feel safe and they share. And so I enjoy being the mama bear or that safe place for the team to be able to come to. It's, it's one of the benefits of my position. That's awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about technicians and and being in the field, right? Uh, Because you did mention before that you've done a lot of work. And I know that 
you actually have a lot of experience doing the type of physical labor that these jobs entail. So talk to me about how that came to happen and, and why it was important to you to get this hands-on experience. Well, I think to know what somebody's gone through, you have to actually be there. So the only position I haven't held has been a service technician because I don't have licensing. So I have been in crawl spaces, hanging up registers, and when the lights have gone out, and the only thing that you have to see is a little flashlight on your drill, and you're still trying to get your job done, but you can't find your screws because they fell in the crawl space, and you're like on your hands and knees because you're doing the army crawl to get back there. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to work in 100-plus degree heat with insulation all over you because you've just been installing more ductwork. Um, I know how to get great on drains because, and these are all things that Anthony and Matt have taught me. So we had the benefit of being able to, because we started small, I was able to go and get parts and run them to job sites. And I was able to do a little here and there. But a lot of the things that I've learned has been through remodels where I've been able to go out there and help out. Demoing and things like that. People think demo is so much fun. And it can be for about the first hour. And then after that, you're just kind of over it. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's hot. It's not fun. You swing in a sledgehammer. It looks really easy on TV. And it looks like you, it just goes through it like butter. And it doesn't. It back, especially if you hit a stud. So it's just one of those things that I've enjoyed it and you can't know where somebody's been until you've at least walked the path with them and to understand where a technician's been and been on a job site and he has his dispatcher calling, he has other customers calling. You can't convey to the office how frustrating and how hindering that is unless you've been there in the field and can see it. So that's why after doing that, we've started doing ride-alongs oh, with nice. our office so that way they can go with a technician and see exactly what they're dealing with, see what it's like to go to a customer's house that didn't have the best experience and we're going out there to try and win them back, you know, or going out to that customer that loves us and thinks that we're the greatest thing since sliced bread and get to see what that's like. So it gives the whole people, everybody in the office, a whole different perspective on what it's like to be a service technician. And it's funny because they then get, the techs get to know the CSRs and the dispatchers just a little bit better and they're, it builds camaraderie and it just strength, strengthens the team. I love that. I've heard of ride-alongs before. I believe we mentioned it a bit in season one, but I would love to know a little bit about how you guys pioneered that program and how you kind of lay it out and how it works in, in, for your specific business. Not a problem. So we you don't do ride-alongs during our peak season. You don't need uh, somebody that is exceptionally green and is not very familiar with the trade at all and because that's just going to be another stumbling block for that tech. So what we do is we break it down during our shoulder season because we don't have slow periods. We have shoulder seasons. It's just the, the valley between the two peaks, and that's when we do the ride-alongs. We do, and we go by the dispatchers first. So that way they can get to know their techs a little bit better. And we have them ride with an HVAC tech, a plumbing tech, and a drain tech. And now that we have electrical, we'll have them ride with an electrical technician. The electrical is a little bit, it's going to be a little bit more of a dance because our electricians wear different uniforms because of OSHA regulations and things like that. So that one's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to get on the ride-alongs. But you go over with the technician, okay, hey, you're going to have somebody from the office in your vehicle, you know, make sure that you 
your vehicles clean first. <laughs> Make sure that you're prepared for them. Um, then we let the people from the office that are going out there, you know, closed-toed shoes. You will be in uniform. You will wear gloves. You will not be asking your technician questions the entire time he's out there. You save those for the van ride between calls. Write them down if you need to or do a voice memo. If they allow you to take pictures, that is okay. You ask the customer first. It's kind of like um, the old adage, children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Office staff on a ride along should be seen and not heard. <laughs> um, you know, you're there to assist. You're there to learn. You're le there to learn to see how they build the rapport. See what it's like when we tell them the technician's going to call them on their way out. Well, you get to see what it's like. You get to see the frustration when you've listed six different numbers, but he doesn't know which number to call. Hmm. So they get to see, you know, oh, well, because you put Southwest instead of Northwest, you sent him to the completely wrong address. Okay, well, what did that do to his entire day and his schedule? What did that do to the dispatcher's day? So it was really neat to see when we started implementing the ride-alongs, how not just the technicians worked improved, but the office, after seeing what those struggles were like, improved and became even stronger. So I can tell you when we didn't do the ride-alongs, you could tell him, oh, well, you just gave this tech the wrong phone number, and he's now an hour and a half late because he, we've been playing phone tag trying to figure out who to call. After that, it did, it's very rare that that happens now. That's awesome. So it's one of those things. It just it, It's a perspective shift. And once you see, and one thing to hear it, but to actually see it and be living it, a whole, whole new vision, whole new vision. Totally. And I mean, I know that you have 97 employees right now, which is insane. I can only over imagine a hundred now, Sorry. over a hundred. Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh. Congratulations. <laughs> I can only imagine that's a giant milestone. <laughs> huge milestone. I can only imagine that having over a hundred employees, having <laughs> programs like the ride alongs is really the only way to facilitate steady and consistent growth. Would you agree? I would agree, but we don't have employees. We have team members. Love Just it. like uh, we're not the bosses. And that's the one B word I don't like being called um, <laughs> is boss, especially when we're being introduced to family members of our team members. It's, oh, this is my boss. No, no. I'm their coworker. I work with them. Ah. I am only their boss if they force me into that position. And then that's a whole different conversation. Interesting. So, we can work with them. They don't work for us. Can you expand on that a little bit? I love what you just said. I'm not their boss until they force me into that situation. Is that, you know, people slacking off, not coming in on time, that kind of stuff? Or is there another element at play when you, when you say that phrase? So when we say that phrase, when they force us into the boss role, that is when we have to do a coaching session or we're having to do some redirection, having to do a check-in. Hey, we've noticed that you've been 20 minutes late. You're not showing up on your job sites on time. We're getting customer concerns left and right. What's going on? And even then, that's still kind of that fine line between coworker and the B word. But if we don't see somebody changing and we're having to get more discipline involved, that's when that dynamic shifts. Yeah. Because they've lost the privilege of being our of being on the same level of as us kind of sort of that, if that kind of makes sense, we, and that's one of the weirdest things for myself, Matt and Anthony is when we come in and yeah, our shirts might be black because we're color coded here. We're funny like that. Um, that's okay. <laughs> easy visual, easy visual cues, you know, it is. So like all of our managers wear blue. 
So anybody that's new knows that if they go to somebody in a blue shirt, that's somebody that can get them answers and help them. If they go to somebody that's in a black shirt, they know that's going to be the end. You're not going to have to go to anybody else, but that's just one of the things that we do. So as long as they're working as hard as us and they're showing up every day, giving it them, giving their all to the team, then they're our coworker. They work with us. But as soon as they start slacking off, they're not giving the customers their all. They're, you know, not doing the double check to make sure all the flexes are tight when they installed the water heater. They didn't, you know, turn on the AC unit that they just installed to make sure that, yes, even in December when the customer hits the cooling button, it's going to be fine. Or turn on the furnace when they install the HVAC, you know, the other side of the HVAC system to make sure it's working in July. We don't want to have to, you know, we don't want that customer to be without something. When they stop doing that, that's when the shift happens. Got it. And to go, to go on the flip side of the positive side of that, right? I imagine that having everyone on that level of coworker empowers your employees to provide suggestions, uh, suggestions for, you know, marketing opportunities, areas for growth, all that good stuff. Some of our best marketing ideas and some of the best ideas that we have had in the company have come from that relationship. Really? Because they feel comfortable coming and speaking to us and talking to us and, Hey, have you thought about stickers or have you thought about doing this? Have you thought it's all been from that organic relationship? They feel, you know, our, you know, offices have open door policies, but it's the door shut 90% of the time. So right now what happens, the only reason why our door is shut right now is because of COVID. So for us to have our masks off, we have the door shut. And so somebody knocks on the door, mask goes back on, we're able to have the conversation, but people coming in and being able to talk to us is where we've gotten ideas for benefits, the birthday off, you know, different uniform colors for how long somebody's been here or benefits for, you know, the gratitude dinner where we show our appreciation to our team and we give them crazy prizes. Ideas for the prizes have come from the team. I mean, last year we gave away, um, the Oculus, like the VR thing. Oh, wow. Give away one of those, you know, the TV suggestions come from the team. The tool suggestions come from the team. It's because they see us on that level. Now, granted, they still have some of the newer people that don't know how to behave in that environment because it's uncomfortable. You've never been in that environment before where the boss is coming in and saying, Hey, how are you doing? How are the kids? And stops and listens. Because they genuinely care. <laughs> they don't want, it's not, hey, how are you? How are the kids? Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. No, it's, hey, how's Bianca? How, you know, how's she doing? How is she liking daycare or is she liking, you know, her preschool program? You know, Destiny's graduation, that drive by graduation party was a whole lot of fun. Thanks for inviting us. You know, those kinds of things. We want to celebrate with the team the losses, when we mourn, when they mourn, we mourn with them. When they're celebrating, we celebrate with them. It's really the family atmosphere and we can talk about it and tell people about it, but until they're here, they don't really believe it. And then they have like that holy crap moment about a month in and they're like, it is everything they said it would be. I mean, you catch me out with the technicians. I speak just like a technician. I have a mouth like a sailor, like a technician. Um, you know, it's just something that's organic and it's nice because they don't feel like they have to put up a facade. They can be who they really are. And it's nice for us too, because we don't have to be that stuffed shirt, you know, 
uptight person, we can relax and it makes the redirection conversations easier. It makes them want to work harder because they know if they call me at eight, nine o'clock at night and they need help, I'm going to answer. Yeah. You know, and it could be something personal. It could be something professional, but I'm going to answer. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to help them. I mean, we help team members get into rental homes because they're in between situations. We've helped find vehicles. We've given, I mean, we've given, I don't even want to say the figure of money we've given away to team members because <laughs> it's one of those things I'm like, Oh, biscuits. <laughs> it, but it was, it was stuff that we wouldn't take back. It's just one of those things that because of the heart that I was given by my mom and dad and Matt and Anthony have the same philosophy philosophy too. If we have it, we're going to give it. It's just the way we are. I love that. And you answer, I I had made a point to ask you about your team members. Uh, you really just dived in there. And I'm, I can only imagine that in addition to providing a company culture and morale that not only makes you, Matt and Anthony proud, but also it also probably incentivizes people to stay with you. We've had a bunch of team members that have been here. I can't even... So Glenn, the gentleman that I said that didn't hire Matt has been here. I think it's going on nine years. Nice. But we've got people with tenure and we try to reward those people. And because we're, we're still a small company in our eyes and there's still a lot of room for growth. We promote from within when we can, if we don't, I mean, I think we've only had to hire outside of the company three times. And that was HR because we have somebody that has a master's in HR, our CFO, who we found in off of Craigslist. Oh my God, I'm so grateful for him. <laughs> and then um, our current head of our commercial HVAC department, because Matt was holding that position for a while, but those are the only positions that we've hired outside of Albuquerque Plumbing. That's awesome. Everybody else is promoted within. So that's, inc that's incredible. That's quite the achievement. That's awesome. So we've been talking for, believe it or not, almost 40 minutes now, which is insane. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My, I, I, my eyes are wide with that too. You're so easy <laughs> to talk to. I want to talk a little bit about the types of strategies that you've implemented at Albuquerque. And when we did kind of the preview interview to this, to this interview, to this live interview that you are listening to right now, you know, you talked about how you email existing customers to really, you know, get that recurring revenue going. And you also mentioned a really fascinating social media strategy. So I, I would love for you to talk about those two things. Not a problem. So I'm going to probably keep it kind of vague and very bird's eye because I know some of our competitors were extremely smart like us and signed up for Service Titan, um, <laughs> which was smart move on your part because hello, hi, one of the best service-based softwares out there because we've tried a lot and they're still trying to get us to find other softwares. I'm like, good luck. Service Titan does it all. I don't think you guys can do it too. Oh, thank um, you. But Marketing Pro has been a game changer. It is one of the easiest programs to use because we've tried MailChimp and oh, Constant Contact. We've done all of that and haven't gotten the reporting and the tracking. The tracking alone is worth it because you don't have to then, oh, well, how did you hear about us? And if you're not asking that question, how a customer is hearing about you, you're missing the boat. So the fact that Service Titan takes that off the table and you don't have to do that is huge, huge. 
and the campaigns track, you can see down at the bottom of your dashboard how profitable that one email campaign has been, how many people have opened it, how long they have been there, if they clicked through and actually read it all the way, if they went to your website, if they made a phone call. That's one thing that Constant Contact, MailChimp, whatever, SurveyMonkey, however you're doing your follow-ups and however you're doing your contact with your customers, it can't do that. There's nothing that is even equal that I have seen. And if you have it, please email me, let me know. But I doubt that you're going to find something that can do what Service Titan Marketing Pro does and how easy it is to use. Holy biscuits. So I've got some, I, I've gotten some training from somebody that has a graphic design degree. And the lady that now does all of our email marketing doesn't have that, didn't have that benefit. She was able to sit through the training session that you get with Marketing Pro and then was able to create different email campaigns. And her first two email campaigns were some of our best email campaigns. She did one for Halloween. We're still getting calls on it. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, so the fact that people are saving that email and are referring back to it and calling that number, because we use tracking numbers, again, missing the boat. If you don't use tracking numbers, you got to know where you're spending your money and what is the best way for it to come back to you. Smart. Um, but her email campaigns, it's unreal. They, the way that they're following up, the way that they're just staying there and customers are being able to engage with us and they can opt out. That's one of the great things too. They can mm -hmm. opt out. They don't have to get the email and you can fine tune it to where you're only sending emails to the last three customers you saw today. Like you can, that's the one thing that's mind blowing. That was one of our biggest hurdles was how are we going to contact all of the water heater customers <clears throat> from last year that their water heaters were 10 years plus old? Well, we hadn't found a software that could do that. Service Titan does that for you. Literally, it's like a few box clicks and boom, it's done. The hours that Service Titan, the marketing pro piece specifically has saved me, it is easily eliminated and allowed me to put somebody in a much better position where they can actually thrive and grow and be happy to come to work. That's what marketing pro did because we were spending anywhere from four to five hours just to get a campaign set up because yeah. you have to support it. You have to go through and you have to cross check in. You have to, you know, this list and this Excel list and make sure that this is right. And then you have no way to know if the email address was good because it just came back and was it misspelled. That's the other thing that service site does the confirmations. It lets you know if the email's wrong or if something got mistyped immediately. So then you can call the customer or listen to the phone call again and make sure that the CSR didn't just mistype or transpose two numbers. It is unreal how much Service Titan does for their customers to make sure that we can service our customers that much better and give them that top level service that they deserve. First off, thank you, Vanessa. Um, <laughs> I was not expecting a glowing marketing pro endorsement, <laughs> but dang, you sure did give it. Um, no, it made my job easier. And I love the fact that I can literally check on service time. If I have Wi-Fi, or I can get my hotspot working, I can check on it anywhere. And we've done it. We've been in an airport in another country and had to check on things and was able to do it because service time, it works anywhere. It's not, you don't have to be behind the firewall. It's so, oh, 
Yes, I love Severus Titan. I promise they did not pay me to say that. <laughs> no, we did not. Uh, no. But we really appreciate you doing it. Um, but like the kind of pulling back from even the marketing pro element, I mean, you guys have just seen tremendous success just constantly nurturing your existing customer base. And I mean, tell me like, in your experience working with other contractors, do you feel like that's a big opportunity to, that a lot of them miss in terms of, you know, always putting marketing dollars behind getting new leads and not really nurturing that existing customer database? So I know that there's probably a lot of people that are listening to this that have heard the phrase, it's cheaper to keep her. Oh, I never heard that yeah. way to say it before, but I like yes. it. It's cheaper to keep her. So think of your customers that way. It is cheaper to keep an existing customer than to find a new customer. You're going to spend, I can't remember off the top of my head, the exact figures on the ratio on how much more you spend getting the new customer versus nurturing the existing customer. But it's like double, if not triple the amount of money that you'll spend. Yeah. A hundred percent. And as, uh, not to deviate away from the social aspect that I do want to get into, but is that one of the reasons why you guys elected to become multi-trade? It is. Um, we wanted to be that one-stop shop. We didn't want our customers to have to remember, okay, wait, this is who services my drinks. And this is who services my furnace. Oh, and then my electrician is this person. And they've got like six different phone numbers to remember. Well, one phone number, done. One call solves it all. That's one of our marketing pieces right now is one call solves it all. Make it easier. Why make things harder? I mean, we're dealing with enough these days, right? Yes. Everything going on. It's just easier. Make it easier for the customers. Stop making the customers jump through hoops. We're supposed to be giving them a service. Let them experience that. But it's one of those things that we make our customers sometimes jump through a lot of hoops and they don't, they shouldn't have to. We're servicing them. We're for lack of a better analogy, we're their doctors for their homes. You know, the service fee that we pay or that they pay for us to come out and check on them is the equivalent to the copay you pay when you go to a doctor's office. Yeah. And no, you Lord, Lord knows, I wish I had a doctor that could do all the things. Exactly. Like if you had a doctor that could tell you what was wrong with your nose, what was wrong with your stomach, what was wrong with your hip, like it would make things so much easier. <laughs> make things so much easier. Yes. Yes. But I don't think insurance companies would make near as much. No. <laughs> I think it'd probably be a lot more schooling for the doctors too. I, I'm not uh, ready to take on the insurance industry. I'll start with I'll, I'll start with championing the trades. I, I think that's a great place to start. But it's one of those things that you know we have some guys that are tra cross trained in different um, different trades. The one that is probably the hardest to get cross trained is electrical because there's a lot of safety things. So electrical is kind of its own little area, but we have guys that can do drains, that can do plumbing, that can work on a furnace that, you know, we have guys that can install an AC unit and can turn right around and install the water heater or the yard line. And that's one of the things that is amazing. And if you're not doing that cross train your guys, cause you're missing opportunities. You are leaving dollars on the table every time you go out to the house and you're not giving a recommendation. That's one of the things that service Titan is great about good, better, best, or whatever options you want to label them as. If you're not giving the customer choices, cause customers like to buy, they don't like to be sold. Give them the option to buy and they will buy all day. Leave them with the feeling of being sold and you won't sell a dang thing. Yep, yep, agreed. Again, time is 
rapidly, rapidly uh, <laughs> going by. So tell me a little bit about how you guys do social. First off, I, I, even though you did establish the Facebook page to play more Facebook games, <laughs> I will give you credit for establishing that page uh, so long ago because you know the more your page is around, the more Facebook knows who you are, blah, 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 you get more credentials. So talk to me how you guys have leveraged social at uh, Albuquerque. So we... We love our social media. That is one of the things that we actually enjoy doing. Our team gives us ideas on posts. We like to brag on our team. We don't post a whole lot of customer jobs on there just because we want to respect the customer's privacy. And sometimes customers don't want you taking pictures in their home and that's okay. So we celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and other special milestones with the team. It's a great way for your team to feel like they're special. One of the other things that we do is our team member of the month. Uh, when we were able to have our company-wide meetings, we recognized team member of the month and we would showcase the team member on our social media pages. And if you're not on all the social media pages that you can be on people, get on it because <laughs> Google likes it. When Google can verify all the different places you're on, and you have engagement on all of them, that helps your Google rankings. But that's all the competition help they get. <laughs> <laughs> so just um, keep, it, keep it social. That's what social media is. Don't just post campaigns and coupons and ads. Again, customers, the more the customer feels like you're part of their community and you really are their neighbor, the more likely they are to continue doing business with you when they feel like the hundred dollars that they spend is going to go to the grocery store, which is going to go to their checkout clerk, which is going to go to the daycare and then come right back to them. It just keeps those dollars in your community. And especially right now, that's one of the things that the community needs is to keep it local. Yeah. I love that you make the focus on your page of your team. And I imagine just the culture that you've set up, just like you said, our team members give us ideas for posts. So that's fantastic. As someone who does social, who has done social for a living for a while now, it's very hard and it can be so tempting to be like, look at this awesome job we did. But I think you also have to remember that a really well done HVAC or plumbing job, you know, you know it, you know what it oh, looks yeah, like. Oh yeah, we get excited. You get excited. Will the customer get excited? Customer's like, cool, it's a water heater. What are those straps? Why do you have to strap? Yes, because here in Albuquerque, you're required to wear and to wear, or the water heaters have to wear earthquake straps. They're called uh -huh. seismic straps here, but do you know how often Albuquerque has an earthquake? How often? Yeah. That like ever, <laughs> I think there are, oh, there was an earthquake last night. Everybody's all really, because like California earthquakes, they happen. They happen. Pretty, it's like a little shake, not even enough to knock anything off a table, but we have to have them here. But the customer doesn't care about that. They don't, I've, I posted a new clean out installation because I thought it looked cool. I was excited. It was beautiful. Customer. All the team loved it, but we didn't get much customer interaction from it because they're all cool. It's pipe sticking out of the ground. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we have to think about it. Like, what does the customer care about? Customer cares about, okay, cool things that we're doing in the community. You know, we're going to volunteer at a food bank here next month. We're going to take some time and have team members go down. We're going to make boxes for the community. You know, they care about that kind of stuff. They don't care about, you know, how well we clean Miss Jones drain line and what we pulled out of there and the Chewbacca looking thing that came out of her drain. Like they don't care. 
<laughs> Miss Joan doesn't care. She just likes that her dreams are running. <laughs> exactly. No, I don't think that's really who good. You're targeting, you know, always keep in mind. And if you don't have somebody in the office to run the idea by, call somebody. You know, whoever your target demographic is, usually you have somebody like that in your life. Ask them what they're interested. Ask them what perks their interest, what they like to look at on social media, and let that be your guide. Yeah. No, it's fairly intuitive, but sometimes you have to say it out loud to actually get uh, to actually get it to click. You know what I mean? Um, I'm so happy you mentioned the food bank because I did some digging on you and I saw you were in the domestic peace corps and you're a strong supporter of a lot of charities. I know you mentioned your mom was, you know, suffering from breast cancer at the time you moved back home. So how important is it to you to weave philanthropy into your work at Albuquerque? That is huge. I knew that I felt like we had made it when we were able to be one of the top sponsors on a t-shirt for a charity event. And that that's when I was like, okay, I feel like we made it. Like this, this is a big deal because giving back has always been something that I wanted to do. Matt's wanted to do and Anthony's wanted to do, you know, we'll do a dollar for, you know, the miracle network or whatever. But when we've been able to do some pretty big contributions, that's what is all about. I mean, every year we do our gratitude dinner as a way to say thank you to the team, but we give them an opportunity to be able to give back to. So we get crazy prizes, you know, like I said, the Oculus systems, tools, TVs, things like that. And we raffle it off and they buy tickets and all the money we raise goes to whatever cause we're going to do in around Christmas time. Last year we did adopted an orphanage and we bought them gifts. We took old surfaces that, um, like the surface, like the laptop thing. I know you guys can't see my other hand, but I was making a laptop motion. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but we wiped them and we gave them to the kids. So that way they would have computers. You know, we're giving back to the community that has given so much to us and to the team. Because without the community, we wouldn't be where we are today. We, we wouldn't have the team that we have today. The team wouldn't be able to get their child a new bike on their birthday, wouldn't be able to make their electrical payment that they had been struggling to make while working two other jobs, you know, or give them the option to stay home when their kid is sick and not have to worry about losing their job when they come in the next day because they had a sick child, you know, and because we support the community, the community supports us. So that's, that's one of the pluses and what that's, that I'm trying not to get too emotional, but that is one of the big things that we do. That's incredible. And I love that you frame, you know, the fact that you guys are a successful business. We, we, we didn't touch upon this. I'll do it in the introduction to this podcast, which I record separately, but you guys are a $14 million business. Like you, like the fact that you've grown this much and you said you started in what, 2007 or 2008? 2008. 2008. I mean, that's 12 years and look at where you guys are now. Um, I really think it's so impressive that you guys make a, a concerted effort to give back to your community because it's just like you said, the more you give back to the community, the more the community give back, gives back to you. And that's, I think, a lesson that anyone can take, whether they have three, tr- three trucks or 300. Um, and definitely what we've seen some of the most successful service time customers do in their, in their line of work. Definitely. I want to talk about one more thing, and then I have a, I have a, uh, a series of rapid-fire questions that I did not give you ahead of time. Um, oh, biscuits, okay. You'll be fine, don't worry. Okay. Um, but I know that you hired your first female apprentice recently, and, you know, with the, with the trade shortage, with everything that's going on here, like, 
you know, with the weird economy we're, we're going to be in in 2020, all of this stuff. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how you guys are recruiting or trying to recruit women and, and, you know, just give me your thoughts on that. That entire plan has had to pivot because of La Corona. She's, she's given us an opportunity to really see how well we can think on our feet and change our game plans. So thank you to Miss Corona. I really appreciate that. But funny story, how we got our first female apprentice. She was actually our call center manager. Oh, wow. She pulled me in and she was going through some things in her personal life and said, I'm going to go in the field. Okay. Dear Lord, that means I have to step up and be call center manager again. Okay. Okay. Not me. It's her. Focus on her. Focus on her. And I said, okay, well, let's get you in assets first. Let's make sure you can learn everything and kind of easy in that way. So she's currently helping out in assets right now. She is in our apprenticeship program. So we are an accredited apprenticeship program and she was one of the first people to sign up. And so we are super excited. She should be out in a truck. I think she's expected to go out. I would say sometime by the end of this year to start doing books, but she's excited. She's got a fire. She's starting out in plumbing and then she wants to move into HVAC. That way she can be versatile. She wants to not ever have holes in her schedule. And if a customer needs their toilet looked at or their furnace looked at, she wants to be able to take care of all of it. So I am so excited. Um, we had wanted to go out and started talking to uh, high schools and going out and speaking and letting women know, hey, and young ladies, did you ever think about the trades? Because I know I didn't. But if somebody had come and talked to me, would I have? Maybe. I, I would have been interested. If I had been told how much you can make, I would have been like, okay. And I don't yeah. have debt when I'm done. I don't have student loans hanging over my head that I have to have deferred. You, okay, wait. So I get a career. A skill. I, yeah, a skill, a license that can travel to different states, and I get paid. There's not really a downside to this. <laughs> so I don't know why more people aren't going into the trades, and I think it's just because of that blue-collar, you know, stigma. exactly the stigma. People just don't think it's worth it, or they don't know how much they can make and how they – can really take care of their families. So you think it's a lot. I, I love that you guys are a certified apprenticeship program. That's awesome. So you think in terms of, you know, where you guys stand with your community, it's really about educating, you know, bringing that knowledge to young women. I certainly know that like, I was never, never educated on this. I mean, my dad's actually a carpenter. So I saw him working within the trades growing up, but even now, like, you know, one thing to note, you know, it can be tough on your body, so you have to stay healthy, right? But sure. even now, there's so much technology nowadays that really alleviates some of those early, those issues that, you know, plagued my father's generation and the generation before him. And really, women, there's like nothing really holding you back. There are tools that can help you with everything. Everything. The only thing that is holding you back is yourself. Yeah. And you thinking that there's no way, oh, I can't lift a ladder like that. Who said you can't? You did. Nobody else told you you couldn't do it. Yeah. So stop telling yourself you can't. Tell yourself you can and you will. I love that. Um, I lied. I have one more question before we <laughs> go into the, the rapid fire. Um, so you guys are at 14 million right now. You're at over 100 employees. You do almost, uh, you do 60, 40 residential commercial. I know Corona has really thrown you for a loop. What are you guys, what are you guys planning to do next? What's the next growth goal? 
growth, always growth. We would love to have more team members, love to have more people in the community that are at a place where they feel valued and feel like a person, not just a revenue producer. Because I know that there's some places that, and that's okay, that works for them. It's been successful for them. That's not us. That's why we're different. But we'd love to be able to provide more jobs in the community, love to be able to just continue to grow and grow. We would love to have the problem that the building that we just moved into is too small mm. and have to find more space, which is a current issue that we're starting to have again. <laughs> but that's always a good thing. Uh, we always think that the new building we move into is going to be our permanent forever home. And then about six to nine months later, we're like, oh, biscuits. <laughs> we don't have room. Hence why Matt and I are sharing an office because we will give up our office space before the team does. I mean, for heaven's sakes, there was one point where I was sitting a circle, little circle desk at the end of one of our dispatchers uh, <laughs> desks because I had to give up my office space for our CFO and for our accounting department to have an office. That's okay. I don't need it. We're, we're the first ones to do without so the team can achieve. So it's just what we do. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Are you ready for those rapid fire questions? Let me stretch. <laughs> okay. How do you take your coffee? Oh, cream and sugar. Always. If you could have dinner with one person dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, my brother, my biological brother. Oh. What's the number one thing you're trying to learn more about right now? My kids. Oh, having, old? To, having to teach them because of Corona. <laughs> like that is one thing I'm having to learn again is how to teach because teaching adults is different than teaching kids and biscuits. You got a six-year-old and a 12-year-old. Oh, geez. That's a, that's a difference. <laughs> oh, wow. You're about to be the mother of a teenage girl. Congratulations. <laughs> I have karma coming big time. Oh man. Uh, whew. That's, that's, that, that's an off air conversation. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, if money weren't an object, uh, so you had unlimited resources, what's the first thing you would do? Pay off my mom and dad's house. Love it. Uh, and what's the one thing every contractor should do to run a successful business? Value their team. Love it. Vanessa, this was a fantastic interview. I really enjoyed it. Like I knew I would. Is there anything you want to say to the folks listening anywhere they can find you that you want to share? Definitely. Uh, thank you to everybody listening. This was such an honor and such a cool thing. If anybody has any questions, I am an open book uh, email. Uh, you can send me an email or you can go to the website and send something in through chat. And our, e our website is www.abqplum.com and they can get a hold of me that way. Um, but I'm always, I always like helping other contractors succeed. Yes, even the competition, I've sat down with competition and helped them out too. So the more people that elevate the level of service, the better we get for our customers. I agree with that. Um, thank you so much for your time, Vanessa. Thank you, Jackie. I appreciate it. Ever wonder how much your business is worth? So many owners ask that question and have no idea where to turn for an answer. In just a few clicks, Service Titan's new Service Business Valuation Calculator can give you an easy and free estimate of the current value of your business. Whether you're thinking about selling your company or looking to track growth, check it out now. Visit servicetitan.com slash value. Again, that's servicetitan.com slash value. See how much your business is worth today. 
Want to network with fellow service entrepreneurs and former guests of this podcast? Join our private Facebook group, Toolbox for the Trades, to get immediate access to the best tips, tricks, and tactics from fellow service entrepreneurs. Visit facebook.com slash group slash toolbox for the trades, or click the link in our show notes to join. See you online.